Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy, bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we've got an amazing show for you. We've got Lee Bryce coming on, who's, of course, done some great things, got a lot of number one hits, and I guess we'll talk about a few of those and all that and talk about a little bit of a story and just see where this goes. So, Lee, are you here? Here. How are you? I am good. And yourself? Man, I'm <laughs> doing really good, actually. I've been I'm on the very tail end of my quarantine. <laughs> so I bet you're about excited about that, huh? Well, yeah, I am. I want to. I want to be able to hug my kids. But I'll tell you that there is a silver lining to quarantining because I've been, I've been quarantined out of my farm, so I've been able to go around hunting and fishing and <laughs> relaxing and watching golf. So it's been it's been nice to have a break. And you know, and you you're personally affected by because usually I like to start the show off, and I always ask. Um, how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? And so you've got a different story than everybody else because you actually got COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, well, I just picked it up, you know, last right before the CMAs, and so it was really a big deal because I was supposed to perform on the CMAs, and it would have been my mm-hmm. first time performing. And so, you know, it sucked, and, and my buddy Charles Kelly stepped in for me and sang the duet with Carly. But uh, other than that, you know, honestly, I didn't. The symptoms that I had were almost not even there, so I oh, wow. had a really easy time with it. So that's been good. And uh, but you know, the biggest thing that and I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of different artists. The biggest thing is just we're not out playing a bunch of shows like we yeah. normally would, and it really is is uh, you know extremely taxing on us because it's like we've got we've got whole bands and crews and a bunch of people that have families and I've been with it for 15, 16, 17 years and poor it with no money coming in. And so yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a difficult small business to try to do, you know, and but luckily I've got a great band and great people have been smart. And so they've been okay and they've stuck with me through it. So it's, we're, we're, we're thankful. <clears throat> and, you know, talk, speaking of COVID and all that, like, you know, when we first launched this show, it was January 3rd once we launched, Chris and Sandy show, wow. and our goal for the year was actually to interview a hundred people. We thought if we you know if we could interview just a hundred people, um, we would probably have done more than most hosts their first year. And then COVID happens, and I told <laughs> Sandy, I was like, um, "This is our year to shine." Um, yeah, because artists, artists, and entertainers, and all that are going to need a place to talk because everything's shut down. So we yeah. stepped it up, and because of that. We're over 270 interviews for the year. Wow, man, that is awesome. Kudos to y'all. And, That's great. And of course, today we got you, and then tomorrow we got Colin Ray. That was a last-minute thing that popped in. Oh, so, I love uh, Colin Ray. Tell him, <laughs> tell him that I grew up literally idolizing him and that song, and his song called "Love Me." Oh well. One of the first songs <laughs> I is, learned growing up. <laughs> that is really cool. Uh, I love it when we have kind of guests that are back to back to almost like they're connected in a way. Yeah, man. Well, I'm connected to him through my soul. I can promise you that. <laughs> so, as you know, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Because, you know, a lot of times people get all business, but I like to know the person and all that. Man, I, you know, I love, I love being out here on this farm, you know, with the kids because. We can hunt, and they've been learning how to fish this summer. And and uh, and uh, honestly, you know, we've been doing things like you know, 
when tree falls down, a big wind sheet came through. Like, all right, boys, well, come on out here. Truly, you two. And they watched me cut it up and bust it up. They they helped me stack it and drag limbs and, you know, hooking up trailers and just some stuff like that has been a really, really great year this year to be able to have time to just spend with them and those kind of things. So, so what's great for you is that everything slowed down. I mean, it's yeah. great and not great. I guess when it's one of them double-edged swords uh, where it's great for family, but it's bad for business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, it's, and there's, there's a lot of people that are, I think about all the time, that are in bigger cities, you know, and they're stuffed mm-hmm. up in their apartment, and they have to have, they've had to go through a whole different, a completely different process than, than we have. You know, through this, we've been able to come from our house to the farm and, and really, you know, have some time together. So, yes, there's a big silver lining in it for me. But for a lot of folks, I know how hard it's been, you know. So I've, I've been trying to be real sensitive to that, you know, because I know a lot of people have gotten really sick with this and, and even mm-hmm. died and all that stuff. And, and uh, so I'm thankful that I just, you know, got – I got tested. <coughs> Excuse me. I got tested and, and have had really just mild symptoms and – and uh, had a place to be, like the farm. So we're thankful. Yeah, that is awesome. Now, one thing I like to do on the show, as you know, a lot of people, they see um, the glory of a Lee Bryce, the glory of a Blake Shelton, the glory of a Carrie. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to your level, but even a career level within music. And I always like to talk about that side of it because, as you know, nobody talks about this side of it. And I've always said, you know what, we're going to talk about it because I think it's one of the most important parts of music because a lot of people – they almost put down musicians who, oh, they don't really work. You know, they get on stage and they have fun. <laughs> There's so much more than that. So, so tell us about the sacrifice side a little bit for you, how it's been through well, the I years. Mean, well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, you know, even before the family came along, it's like, yeah, you know, you drop everything. I dropped out of college and then my last year and I came up here with nothing and I, you know, with not just a dream, but a but a something that I said, this is what I'm gonna do. You know, I didn't yeah. have a backup plan, and I struggled yeah. forever and ever and ever. And then even when I had songs out, I was still struggling. You know, and I, mm-hmm. and then you know, I, I mean, you put your whole life into it. So people ask me, what do I do to come? What do I do to like make it in the music business or be a songwriter or be a singer? I'm like, well, you have to give your whole life to it. I mean, yep. there's no, like, coming to town and passing out your CD and hoping that you're going to – somebody's just going to go, hey, here you go. Here's a record deal, and here's – you know, I mean, because, first of all, you don't realize that if you did get that, the next thing you know, you're gone. A hundred percent of the time, gone, like, from home. And so, if you have any friends or family, you can consider them – you can kiss them goodbye because you're gone, mm-hmm. gone, gone. <laughs> And then when you when I had when I had kids, it started to really hit me, you know, about you know being gone two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy five days a year. And that is a humongous sacrifice, especially at the age as my kids are now. And so that's why I count my blessings, you know, to be to, to, for this year, have been home with them, you know, because you know I got a twelve year old, a six year old, and a three year old, and so they're at ages all of them that they need they need daddy as much as possible. So. You know, you're talking about being gone all week long and coming home for 24 hours and having to leave again. Yeah. You know, it's I, uh, it's hard. 
Yeah, and I remember we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in 2014, and at that time they were full-time with music, and it kind of goes with what, you, what you're saying. I remember asking Allison what advice she would give an up-and-coming artist, and I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you yeah. want it to be a career <laughs> – Everything changes. She added, she, she said that your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to, to you know, to holidays. But yeah. you, but when you're grinding, yeah. you don't have time for that. You you de- you can't say no to a gig, and you for sure can't be an artist that cancels a gig. And they don't understand that because they work a nine to five. You're a twenty four seven person. So then your family has to sacrifice on top of all that. So they have to give you up. And all that, and then there's days that you're just miserable, and you don't want to do nothing, but you still got to get on that stage and smile and wear that mask, pun intended, <laughs> so, so to speak. And, and but then she added, and I love the second part of what she said. She says, "But if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in, because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it." And it sounds like that's what you were basically saying. It's exactly what I was saying, and she's so right. You know, I mean, I, I told you I, I didn't have a backup plan because because I didn't want one. You know, yeah. It was like this is what I'm good. This is the only thing. I was in school to be a civil engineer. I had four years under my belt. I had a year to go. I had a daddy wow. back home with an electrician business. I could have gone back and done all that. I. That was not an option for me. Mm-hmm. Because I had to do this. So she's right. That is that is something that uh I I I'll keep in my head too. You know, I'll remember that. I love I love that she said that. It's like if you can do something else, if you can see yourself doing something else, do it, and just do music for fun because we we still do music for fun. I mean, you know, it's still yeah. a part of of uh, who we are. You know, even if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be playing music and writing songs. You know, but mm-hmm. but I just personally, this is I knew that this is exactly what I had to be doing. And, you know, you're talking about no plan B. I love that because I don't think – you know, when when your rising artists say that, then they, they get slapped in the face from relatives and all that, and they don't get it. I, I remember, as you know, one of the questions that almost every big host asks a big artist is – and I've heard this thousands of times with all the different artists – um, where they would ask, um, well, what would you be doing if music didn't work? And, the, yeah. and I think 90% of the time, the answers I've always heard was, was I would just be a broke musician because yeah. I had no plan B. Because <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all like, I had no plan B. And I love that because cause, you know, I remember one of the artists said that, that the moment you have a plan B, when the struggle happens, because every artist then goes you... through those, those dark moments, your, your plan B becomes plan A. Yeah, and that's – I guess that's – maybe that's a, a God-given kind of a thing that says – he gives you that drive that says, you're not going to have a plan B. This is what you're meant to do, you know, and there's a, something inside you that tells you that. And uh, yeah. and so, yeah, that's – I guess that is a, probably a theme, you know. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> now that we talked about a little bit of sacrifice, and I think we hit it pretty hard. Again, I always want to talk about that. Because I don't think it's talked about enough out there. Um, talk about the glory side, the part that people see. What are a couple moments um, that you're like, "Wow, that happened," or "Wow, I got to do that." Because you've <laughs> had some big highlights, like especially recently. Well, we've we've had a bunch of highlights. You know, um, we've been very fortunate 
especially recently. But I can tell you, man, you're talking about something like growing up, being 10 years old, turning on the radio, writing songs, hearing George Strait, and then hearing Garth Brooks, and thinking to yourself, that's that's like everything. That's what I. That's that's why I'm here is to do that. And then someone like Garth Brooks for me, I listen to him over and over and over and over and over again. Wear out CDs, wear out tapes, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> tapes come to Nashville, and then start writing songs with people and like you know with co-writing. I'd never co-written before, mm-hmm. writing songs and all that stuff, and all of a sudden. Garth Brooks picks up the phone and calls you and says, hey, wow. I heard this song you wrote, and I want to record it. And in that moment, that's one of those moments you go, wow. I mean, this is like, and I can tell you, to this moment right now, okay, this is 20 years later after what I'm telling you, I still stand mm-hmm. here, I still stand here and feel like that is still not real. Like it didn't happen. Wow. It's still so surreal. <laughs> um, and then I ended up we feel we feel that way with you being on here because Sandy and I were like we were right before this show. We're like Lee Bryce is coming on. Can you believe this? <laughs> oh, man, well, I tell you what. Yeah, there's been some moments like that, and then watching watching uh, you know the Opry and hearing that my whole uh-huh. life and knowing what it's all wow. about, and then being able to step on that stage and do that whole thing that you know the opera is a, is a huge highlight probably in my life you know that yeah. and being able to, to to know garth and to i ended up now been able to sing with him now on his stage not many people have been able to sing with garth on his stage and uh that's, that's a very short list and so that's one of the big ones for me uh wow. you know uh the opera and and garth and and then now we, you know, we're we've been at the CMAs and we've done all that stuff in the Grammys and and ACMs and that's mm-hmm. all I think on the cake it really is. But the first things that pop out to me are what I'm talking about. Wow, I love that. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to play your song, um, "Memory I, I Don't Mess With," and then we're going to come right back. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Red leaves on the river, footprints in the sand. In December, warming up your hands. Sundress on the front steps, sun. 
run up by the lake Blanket down in the backyard Lying wide awake That's a memory I don't Everybody's got that person 
some at some point yep. somewhere hidden deep in their heart, uh, or maybe those moments. And uh, those that's a quintessential kind of a Lee Bryce song. I mean, if I had to write one type of song the rest of my life, uh-huh. and I only could write one, uh-huh. I mean, it would be that kind of song. That's that's, that's oh, the kind well. of stuff I grew up. I mean, I grew up listening to gospel music and even like mm-hmm. like some of the soul music that I listened to, Whitney Houston and Brian McKnight and Boys mm-hmm. Man. I just love to hear people singing. I love the ballads and. Even with like mm-hmm. Hank Jr. and like Guns N' Roses, I love the ballads the most. I would listen to like Blues Man or or I would listen to, <laughs> to uh, you know November Rain before I would listen to the to the big rocking songs, you know. And yeah. that's just kind of part of who I am. Yeah. And you know they always say you know the you know country music is the is three chords and the truth, and that and I think that that's so powerful because again you know when you're writing songs you want something that will reach into someone's heart and just grab it. Yeah, the truth is is the most important part of that saying. You know, three chords yep. keeps it simple. <laughs> I guess yeah. you can do two chords. You can do two chords or one chord or four chords. That's fine too. But but it's the truth that ma- it's yep. the truth that makes that the 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 real deal. Because when people hear the truth, it's like with the song that Garth cut of mine, more than a memory. Mm-hmm. And when he, <laughs> Eli Young Band supported Crazy Girl. Some of those songs, are the, all those are some of my most personal, truthful songs. So, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big. That, those are that's those are the songs that always connect. I love that. <clears throat> now, as you know, a lot of people they they see the artists in you, but they don't see the PR people, the managers, the producers. And I'll be honest, I don't think that they get enough love for what they do. And I always say we're going to change that. At, you know, they're, we're going to change that at least on our show. Um, so if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell us a little bit about the team that helped you be who you are. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to remember I got a manager who in a room full of managers who came to see me play because I didn't have a manager at the time, <laughs> but I had a single coming out. So I had a bunch of managers from all over the country, all over the world, kind of clamoring, telling me what I wanted to hear. Uh you know, if you come with us, we'll do this and that, and blah, 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 and put you in a bus, and da, 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 da. Like a car salesman almost. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I, but I met Enzo. He was in that same room. But Enzo didn't do that. Enzo was born in Jersey, raised in Texas. He's Italian. And he's just one of us. He's a good person who said, look, I believe in getting in a van, not wasting money, working your butt off, mm-hmm. getting you a little bit of band and go. And 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 then he put his own money in for years wow. um, to keep me on the road, to keep me out mm-hmm. there doing, playing places I never played before that nobody was at. But I guarantee you the next time I came there, there were people because we, the few people that were there, you know, we kicked their butts and they loved it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, a big part of it is something like that. Like, you know, my manager, Enzo, is, is a very, very huge component. You know, when I when I talk about, you know, a song or saying this or that, I always use we. I always say, yeah. well, we, we're about to put out a new song or we're about to, we're about to have a new tour next year or we're going to – we're so thankful. And I say we because it's not me. It's yeah, exactly. me in the, in, in the camera and me on the radio – 
but it's Enzo. It's my booking agent who's been stuck with me through thick and thin, <laughs> you know, over at William Morris Reshill. I mean, it's it's so many people. My tour manager mm-hmm. that's with me every day that makes sure that everything's going smooth out on the road. I mean, you're just talking about you're talking about thirty or forty people who live their whole life. It's all surrounded by you, and all they do all yeah. day long is work and work for for this whole thing to work. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yes, I mean <coughs> that's why I always use the term "we" instead of "I." Well, as you know, like my wife is not on right now because she's with our twenty-month-old in the back room. Um, so you you know. And I still use we whether she's here or not because it is a we. <laughs> and when I say we, there's actually a third party. You know, that, you know we, we have an eight-year-old that we always like to come on the show. We consider our third co-host to ask one question. So Sandy's going to get here. I think she's on the other line. She's going to get him on here. real quick. Though. Yes, just wanted <laughs> to say hey, and I will get Christopher to ask his question. He's super excited. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Christopher, what's going on? Uh, hi, me. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. Hmm. Well, I love to eat just about everything. So my normal answer to that would be yes, which I don't know if you understand that, but that just means all food. But I can tell you one thing. One thing I do love is I love to go catch fish myself or maybe go hunting or whatever, but catching fish – and then having it, <laughs> grilling it myself or cooking it myself, and uh, going and catching your own food and eating it, that's kind of some of my favorite stuff like that. Because that brings me close to God and close to the earth and and uh, uh, brings us back to our roots of how we were all all came from, was, uh, was mm-hmm. working for your food. And, and so uh, that's something that I love to do. And what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza. I was gonna say pizza too. I should have just said pizza. <laughs> I mean, what's better than pizza? You got you got cheese and bread and meat and sauce. Come on, bring it on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, and yeah, he he definitely loves doing this. And you know, we're a family affair show. We kind of joke that we're a family affair. And when we, you know, our twenty month old, she don't know it yet, but when she gets older, we plug in her in the show too. That's awesome. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye, buddy. Talk to you later. <clears throat> yeah, because we're a big Watch family, and I, lo- and I love what you said. And, in fact, um, we're based out of Savannah, Georgia, but next year we're planning on yes. – as long as the virus goes down some, we're planning on mm-hmm. making a move into Nashville. Yeah, oh, man, Nashville's happening, buddy. It is happening. <clears throat> Yeah, we just feel like, you know what, everything we do. Now, granted, we're more than just music now because we actually recently brought on uh, legendary actor Ed Asner on the show. And so we're kind of entertainment in general, but still 80% music. <laughs> Absolutely. So we belong well, in Nashville. Man, more power to you and good luck with everything. And, and hopefully I'll get to see you all up here. That would be oh, great. We definitely, definitely have to yes. look you up. We'll, we'll end on this note. Tell us um, what advice would you give the rising artist, the one that's in that hunt like you were for years, where they're they're at that crossroads, and they could quit and they could move on, but it's what but they're frustrated and they're just trying to break through, and they just don't know if they got any more in them. And I know you've been there. 
Tell us yeah. I mean, what advice you give there, that person. I've been there. I mean, number one, you know, you you got to be in town. You got to be where the music is, which probably somebody who's already hit a wall, they probably maybe have moved to town. But you got to get to town and you got to get out. You got to go meet people. I know right now it's a little harder to do, but that's the basis of of having a career is having people around you. And so you got to start surrounding yourself with people that are that are just like you, that are in town. <laughs> that are working, that are just starting out, and start writing together and talking and hanging out. and That's what we did, me and Jared Neiman and Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser mm-hmm. and Rob Hack and Dallas Davidson. That's what we all did. We came to town, and we nobody knew us from Adam, but we knew each other. We found each other, stuck together, and still best friends to this day. So wow. uh, you got you to get it. You got to definitely be where the music is so you can't do it from home. You can't you know, live in Birmingham, Alabama, and expect to have a record deal next month you know what i mean yeah you got to be up here full time and make a commitment you know we talked about that and uh and you got to just be determined whenever it get whenever it gets going just think about yourself and think well can i do anything else or do i want to do anything else and find out what that answer is and if it's no then you just keep pushing along and just trust and hope and have faith I love that. So tell everybody how they could reach out to you, which of course they probably already know. But tell it anyway. Oh man, you know all the all the all the handles on Twitter and and Instagram and and all that stuff, and, and hopefully you know we'll be able to get out on the road and have some more have some meet and greets and things like that. Maybe next year, maybe maybe things will kind of get back to a little bit of a normal at least. Hopefully, where we can at least play some shows yeah. and meet some folks. And but uh, the uh, y'all just check me out at all the stuff you could figure it out, Lee Bryce and. And uh, all things Lee Bryce, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we want to yes. thank you for taking the time to come on, and we definitely look yes. forward to having you back on the show down the road and hopefully video. All right, done deal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you all too, and uh, you all let me know if you all need anything else, okay? All right, sounds oh, good. No. We'll talk, talk to you soon. Great. Later. Okay. Thank <laughs> you all. See you all. Bye.